0: So this is an example of why we do what we do. The praise and worship team, their job, if we had a job description, is to prepare the atmosphere. And I think we can all agree that that's what happened now. It brings everybody... There's a a very sacred phrase to me one place in one accord and we know what happens when that happens one of the greatest events that has occurred on the planet earth happened when they were in one place and one accord and every single time God's people come together and are in one place and one accord the dunamis happens the explosion happens it is not just a tradition it is a necessity I'm going to talk a little bit about something about when we say the words out loud. There's something special that happens. You see, it doesn't say God thought the worlds into existence. It says he spoke the words into
1: existence.
0: He opened his mouth and brought Adam from dirt to life. He didn't think it into existence. He didn't think us into existence. We are made up of the same breath that he used to create everything we know and half the things we don't know. Amen. So when we sing, actually we're doing what the scripture says the Father does anyway. The Father sings. He sings over us. So what can we do but help to return anything that He has done for us, or with us, or to us? What more, what better could we do? Heidi and I pray every night, and the only reason I mention that to you is because she watches Facebook, and if there's something you need prayer about. Obviously, mostly of you have our phone number too. Every night, we're going to pray until whatever it is we're praying about happens. Okay? So, it is important that we bear one another's burdens. And it's not just we take it on in the sense that I would take, on, I take it on just as if anything happened to one of my children, which I will, but it has to do with now every joint supplies. And anybody who knows anything about the body, not just the body of Christ, but the example of the body of Christ, our body, knows that there are, there are things that go on in our body that are autonomic.
1: Okay.
0: I don't have to think about breathing. In fact, if I don't breathe, then I have to think about breathing. Okay? So we are here to support one another. Not the way the world thinks of support.
1: You
0: know, more money isn't necessarily support. We have plenty of studies that that tell you that when the government provides you money, it doesn't necessarily make you a better person. But what we do for support, and sometimes it might be money, but even if it is, it's because it's already sanctioned by the creator of heaven and earth. And so when the word goes forth, the thing I love about American money especially is because on almost every single one it says what? In God we trust. trust. And so even as I'm paying my tithes, even as I'm... The Lord tells me to give somebody a gift. I'm thinking about, first of all, the Lord told me to do it. And when I do it, it's because in God I trust.
1: That's good.
0: Now, I don't know if I need to stand behind this or not, but my papers will fall over if I don't. There's a couple things that as I'm going through this, the Lord spoke to me over and over again about he said to me I'm asking my children what can I do for you Mm -hmm. every morning told me every single morning you get up I'm asking you What can I do for you? It says His mercies are new every single morning. So every morning He's asking me, He's asking you, What can I do for you? One of the things, the the main thing that I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to talk about the one phrase that Paul makes Paul encourages us to be anxious for nothing in the United States 42 billion dollars are spent a year on anxiety disorders $20 Twenty billion dollars of it is from the lack of productivity because somebody is hanging, has anxiety, and can't do what they're supposed to do. Twenty-two billion dollars is that they go with I'm trying to make sure I say this right. They they go with pains to the doctor that aren't related to anything physical. 22 billion dollars a year psychosomatic pains psychosomatic disease 22 billion dollars for anxiety so when paul talks about be anxious for nothing it becomes more and more relevant each and every day and 2,000 years hasn't changed a thing, Mm -hmm. except it's gotten worse. Our luxuries are the greatest source of our pressure. Things such as social media flood us with information, some that we need and some that we don't need. In this age, we live in we worry about things that in previous generations they wouldn't have even known about. Because by the time they found out about it, it would have been months and years past. So there's no reason for us to worry because we didn't know about it. But today, we have the capability, and it really started in during the desert, desert storm, which was the first war, that we waged, that we saw it as it was happening. Even Vietnam was usually 24, 48, maybe even a week later, we found out things that were happening in Vietnam. But now, we have eyes, and we see on the evening news, or the morning talk show, we see what happened 15 minutes ago, or live stream as it's happening so now we see what's happening at every corner of the world and of course bad news sets. our children across the world are anxious because they're not being enough not big enough not smart enough not slim enough, not beautiful enough, not handsome enough. They're not enough. And social media constantly sets a standard that are unreachable. By contrast, life is hard. There are those who don't know where their next meal is coming from. They don't know where they're going to sleep tonight. In any given year, there are 1.5 million school-aged children who at some time during the year will be home. In any day of the year, there are approximately 41,000 children who are on the street. And yet, Paul says, be anxious for nothing. How can we be anxious for nothing when there's so much to be anxious about? hopefully by the end of this, you'll know how we can do it. There's a vacuum to be filled. The Apostle Paul had his own worries and had his own anxieties. And when I read about his, I have to think about whether I really have any or not. Because in 2 Corinthians 11, he speaks of the trials that he faced. He was put in prison over and over again. He was flogged an uncountable number of times. He faced death over and over. He received 39 lashes from the Jews five times. He was beaten with rods three times. He was stoned one time and left for dead. He was shipwrecked three times he spent a day and night in the sea and believe me in my military training with the navy i only spent 10 hours in the sea believe me it wasn't fun but he spent day and night in the sea he was in continual danger from rivers and robbers was in danger from his own countrymen as well as the gentiles was in danger in the city in the country at sea, from false brothers, was weary and in pain, without sleep, was often hungry, thirsty, and naked. And the big one for him was, and he was continually concerned about the health of all the churches. So this is Paul saying, be anxious for nothing. Another scripture that he wrote says, "All of that, all that stuff that happened, I counted as nothing for Christ's sake." And how did he do that? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by one, prayer and supplication; two, with thanksgiving; three, let your request be known to God. And peace of God, which surpasses Surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians four six and seven. By being anxious for nothing, stopping is stopping yourself from playing tug of war with God. When we've handed over our cares and our burdens, we need to stop trying to fix it behind the scenes. Perfect example was was Abram. Because he was promised to be the father of nations, one of the richest men on the planet at the time. And yet, while Abraham was promised that, he and his wife decided to play fixer by giving him his
1: maidservant.
0: God always his ways are always higher than ours. We need to stop trying to be God. We are made in His image and in His likeness. But He did not create another God. Let go and let God deal with the things in your life. Be anxious for nothing. And this, is, this study that I did was the first time I came across this. Be anxious for nothing is not a command. It's not a command. It is, he will tell you, a resultant outcome. How do I know? Because as soon as Paul says be anxious for nothing, he gives us the directions on how to accomplish it. He says, we can accomplish No anxiety in four easy steps. It's not even a seven-step or a ten-step program. It's only four. One is by prayer and supplication. Two, with thanksgiving. Three, by letting your requests be known unto God. And four, letting the peace of God guard your heart and mind. This is the answer that Jesus gives us every single day. What can I do for you? And then he tells you, this is all you have to do, and I will give you peace that you never had or never understand. Why prayer and supplication? Because peace is the antidote for anxiety. You cannot have peace and anxiety. If you have anxiety, you do not have peace. So prayer is a great place to lay down your burdens into God's capable hands. It's a great place to let go of anxiety. Cast your cares upon Him. For why? Because He cares for you. What can I do for you today? He asked you that question Every single day. And that word that's transferred, cast all your cares, in many translations is translated anxiety. Mm -hmm. Cast all your anxieties on me because I care about you. Prayer is always praise in my mind because the fact that I'm going to him for help already acknowledges him as sovereign. Otherwise, I wouldn't go to her. That in itself is praise. But prayer is also other things in addition. One of the greatest teachings that I've ever heard about prayer is the teaching from our own apostle, Dr. Tzadak. It is... I've been in church all my life. I've never heard the way he presents it. So if you have an opportunity, find out what he says about prayer. And supplication. He said, prayer is more than, is more. It's a request for help. It's a conversation with the creator. It's an expression of gratitude. And so much more. A supplication is a, per, is a petition to humbly and earnestly ask God for something. Do we know what the Bible says about earnest prayer? He didn't leave us ignorant about it. He gave us a scripture. In James 5.16 it says, The earnest prayer of a righteous man, and I like this translation, says, Has great power and wonderful results. That's good. Of course, the King James says, "Effectual fervent prayer avails much." Sometimes we need to translate it out of King James and into some into regular English. <laughs> so, step one to no anxiety is prayer and supplication. Step two is with thanksgiving. Sub faith is the substance of. Uh, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. If it is substance, and it is evidence, then whatever it is I have faith about, already exists. It's not pie in the sky when I die. If I have faith for something, then it is substance and it is evidence you can't have substance that doesn't exist you can't have evidence that doesn't exist go to court with evidence that doesn't exist you will lose so if faith is substance and evidence then we can be thankful for it and i love the way dr svel presents this his illustration is he goes to somewhere where he's preaching and the pastor says to him i'm going to buy you a suit i want to buy you a suit now dr suvel doesn't say well okay when i actually see the suit i'll be thankful for it no he says thank you i'm looking forward to it and that's the way we should be looking at faith so if we have faith for something we need to be thanks, get thankful for it. In other words, when I pray for something, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about in accordance with His will, if I pray for something, then I, as soon as I ask for it, I ought to be thanking Him for it. Because my expe- that expectation is that it's going to appear. And again, Dr. Zabel says, it's between Amen and there it is.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay? I've always contended, I've always had in my own mind that gratitude is one of the purest forms of prayer. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I know, and we felt it already, that God inhabits the praises of his people. What other prayer is there that he comes and attends to what, now he attends to everything we pray but He inhabits when we are thankful, when we are praising Him for the things which we have already asked for. Luke 17, when we talk about thankfulness, it says that there was ten that were healed, only one came back. And when he came back, he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the other nine? Good question. But in that conversation, in the next verse, he says, Thy faith hath made you whole. And our pastor the other day brought up what is the difference between healing, health, and oldness? He'd already been healed, but now he was old. So there's an on-beyond. No matter what we are going through, we need to be grateful each day. We have blessings that we take for granted and others that other people would die to attain. In fact, we have freedoms that others are dying for. A Saudi prince accepts Jesus as his personal savior, can't wait to tell other people about it. And on Friday, after he's saved, he's beheaded. In China, a group of people decide that they're going to evangelize their area. They are contained, brought to their church, and the church is burned to the ground we need to be thankful for what we have nobody stopped you on the way to search your car there were no checkpoints nobody looked at your phone or in the back of your trunk or wherever to see if you had a Bible so they could put you in prison nobody's going to So. We need to be thankful for what we have. That's part of the thankfulness. We not only have to be thankful, we need to have a heart of thankfulness. So, one is prayer and supplication, two is thanks, and three is let your request be known to God. One of the most interesting conversations in the Scripture with Jesus is the one with Bartimaeus. Because blind Bartimaeus, he yells out, screams, and he won't be quieted, to say, I need to see Jesus. They lead into, he gets to Jesus, and Jesus says to him, what can I do for you? Now, it's pretty plain that he's blind. He's been blind from birth. Okay? And Jesus says, What can I do for you? And of course, he heals him. What can I do for you? Man was clearly blind. Yet Jesus' question is valid. And he asks the same question to you and me. What can I do for you? There are those who say, well, it's not really valid because he already knows everything I need. That's true. But we already talked about that it's important that you have very succinct, very direct prayer when you pray. The effectual fervent prayer avails much and we need to be careful that we don't ask amiss now how can we be sure that we're not asking amiss it says you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss The amplified is even in my mind worse you do, you do not ask God for them and yet fail to receive them because you ask with the wrong purpose of evil so how can I be sure? It's easy. God makes things easy. We hate easy because then we have no excuse. We like hard so that we can make an excuse. Well, nobody can do that. Well, they didn't do it. Well, the pastor didn't even do it. It's that, But that's not the way the scripture is. The scripture is simple. The simple gospel is what we call it. So how do we do it? There's three scriptures here. One's in Hebrews 8.6. That now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. Talking about Jesus. But how much also he, the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Okay? So this covenant we have is based on on promises. The previous covenant, the previous covenant was based on what? The law. In 2 Corinthians, to go further, it says, so, Jesus was the mediator with the better covenant, based on promise." but in 2 Corinthians it says, it is he who has qualified us, making us to be fit, and worthy, and sufficient, as ministers and dispensers of the new covenant of salvation not ministers of the legal part the old covenant but ministers of the new covenant which is based on promises so how can I be sure that I'm praying the right thing and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will He hears us. So how do we know it's according to His will? What is the will of God for our life? It's too simple. It is His promises. His promises are always His will. He wouldn't give us a promise that didn't belong to us. If it belongs to us, His will is to fulfill that promise in our life. So that's how we be sure, but we don't ask amiss, this, is because when we pray, whatever we're praying for, and again, Dr. Savelle says this over and over again, mm-hmm. I don't make any decisions without going to the Word to see what it says. Mm-hmm. And if it correlates with what I'm asking for, I know I will have it. I know, it's too simple. But God is asking us, the Lord is asking us, the Holy Spirit is asking us every single day, what can I do for you just like He did to Bartimaeus? And we need to answer by doing these things that we just talked about, but we need to do it correctly. And the way we do it correctly is We know what the promises are. That's why there's such an emphasis in this church for sure about staying in the Word. Mm -hmm. You know, the the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. One of the things he's stolen is many of the words that had to do with what Jesus wants us to do. Meditation is one of those Mm -hmm. because we sometimes think of meditation as something from some other strange religion. And we see it on TV all the time. They have shrines and they go and they meditate. But that's not where it came from. In the Old Testament you'll find he tells them over and over again to search the scriptures. And when you're searching the scriptures, you are meditating. Mm-hmm.
1: Good.
0: The good the reason why you need to meditate is we just said... How do we know how to pray? We need to know what his promises are. And I guarantee you, I've grown up in church. I was born on Sunday. The next Sunday, I was in church for the next 20 years, okay? Four, five, six times a week. But I guarantee you that there are a lot of Christians who don't know the promises. I'm in the scripture and I'm meditating. I not only find out what the promises are but the promises tell me what my relationship is with the Creator and it tells me then about the Creator it tells me who I am and it tells me what I what the privileges I have as a child of the Most High God Ooh,
1: that's, good. Yes.
0: that's why I need to meditate so I know how to pray because I know how to pray because I know who I know who I am with Him. Mm-hmm. I know what my relationship is with Him. Because I know what He wants to do for me. What can I do for you? He wants to know every single day. He said, the steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord. Yes. And one of the things I recently heard was, yes, the steps of a righteous man are ordered to the Lord. But I have to move my feet. faith without action is dead we already know that so what what is God's will for us the new covenant established in better promises so do we know what to pray about Here's just a few examples. What can I do for you? The word anxiety actually comes from a Latin root, which means to choke or to squeeze. It's a strong grip that interrupts your sleep, that chokes your energy, and harms your overall well-being. I already gave you the stats on how much it costs just in the United States. The mental traps, just a few of the mental traps are catastrophizing. First time I ever saw that word. But it's imaging things in the worst possible outcome. And you and I know people that do that. It's called pessimism. There's mind reading. Imagining what others are thinking about me. I know he doesn't like working with me because he thinks I'm dumb. Fortune telling, not the kind you're thinking of. Imagining what the future holds but without any data. They will all hate me in this new group because I'm the only one who isn't an engineer. Black and white thinking, considering only two possible options. I'll either hit a home run or I'll get fired.
1: <laughs>
0: Overgeneralizing, painting all the situation in a general outcome. I presented this to the CEO last year and it didn't go well. I never get things right and always fail when it comes to executive audiences. Be anxious for nothing is not a command, it's an outcome and only four steps. The physical reality of anxiety is there. You've just lost your job and you have to find another one. You've just come out of a nasty nasty and messy and painful divorce and now you have to start over. Your loved one has just been diagnosed with terminal cancer and the doctor says they only have six months to live. You just found out that your son or daughter has become highly addicted to crack cocaine or meth. You've just become a victim of crime, such as robbery and assault. I could go on and on with adverse things that could hit every one of us at any time with the full force of a hurricane. As a result of the curse of Adam and Eve that is still in full operation on this earth, we are all stuck. having to battle various types of storm clouds. But Jesus knew. And he said, What can I do for you? In this world, you will have tribulation. You will have anxiety. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world." Yes. These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have
1: peace.
0: And there is no anxiety with peace. And there is no peace with anxiety. Whatever is it is that you are anxious about, Jesus said, What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. If you, as earthly fathers, can give your children good gifts, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how much more your heavenly Father? Mm -hmm. So these are the things that I would ask you to think about. Whatever it is you have anxiety about today, Jesus wants to know, What can I do for you? Ask anything according to my will, and I will do it. You know now what His will is. His promises are His will for your life. And i love it because our pastor anytime he comes to a word all he makes everybody say it about five times <laughs> because all means all you know in the old testament sometimes all meant all the jews sometimes it meant all the gentiles sometimes it meant all the people that were warring against the jews but in the new testament it never means that all means all my creation what can I do for you (coughs) hopefully you got something out of this now we have one more thing going on Uh, well one of the things I want to just pass this these are in stacks of six so all we have to do is just pass them out there. Like I said, they so just pass one. Each table. Yeah, got it. You have tissue under
1: your nose.
0: So, we're going to pass this out first. Oops. Oh, you. Can, you want to do that? So you can go that out. About
1: six of each. <laughs> so, oh, we have a special guest.
0: One of the most important things that we're going to do in the United States happens in November again. Although this is a local, uh, a local election, uh, a local opportunity for you to vote. So basically, we're going to have a little presentation on uh, things that have to do with voting.
2: Now, while she's setting up, uh, she's going to go to the website that shows you how to see the register and all that candidates things like that it's really important because everybody asks me questions all the time Who should I vote for what does this person stand for you know so um, I'll let Roseanne talk about herself she works a lot in politics especially in the state of Idaho so.
3: Um, so And so, my name is Roseanne Wilty. I probably don't see all of you because I go to the... Oh, thank you. I go to the second service, so if, if you haven't seen me before, I do go to this church. <laughs> and, um, I've gone here for about four years. I moved here from Idaho, and I'll give you a little bit of background on, on my interest and involvement. Is this still on? It sounds different. Okay. My interest and involvement in uh, politics... When I got there, I lived in Boise, which is the capital, and I would drive by the Capitol building all the time. And I realized I knew nothing about politics. This was 2010. And so I decided it's about time. I'm an adult. I should learn a little bit about politics. So they just were, happened to have a, uh, a march on the Capitol. And I had heard about this marching business, and I had no idea what it was about. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to march on the Capitol. What does that mean? So I went and gathered with the people who were marching on the Capitol. And then after the after the march, I still didn't know why, why I was doing it. We all met in the in the city park, and there was quite a few different people who spoke. And I listened to one of the one of the speakers, and it happened to be a man named Sheriff Mack. And um, and I was made aware of. So many things that I was totally blind to, and I thought, "Wow, I need to get involved in this." And so after that, I um, the next thing I went to was a um, a hearing on on a bill that was going to be presented in the legislature. And after the presentation, I started talking to one of the uh, one of the representatives who had who had written the bill, and we were just like minded on all this stuff. And so I asked him can I intern for you? He goes, well, it doesn't pay. And I said, that's okay. The pay will be that I will be learning about what I'm supposed to be learning about. So I interned for him for three years. And we went to a meeting one time. It was in my first year. And a lady came up to me with a a clipboard. And I had heard the word precinct before. And I knew I wanted to get involved in precincts. And um, it's a section of of land, actually, in in our state. They're called different things in different states. And so I go, oh, I'll sign up because I thought I was going to be in a committee. And lo and behold, I had signed up to run (laughs) to to be a precinct committeeman because I got a phone call, and the guy said, well, um, I'm the one who's supposed to teach you how to run for for the candidacy. And I go, what candidacy? He goes, you're running for precinct committeeman. I said, okay, well, let's go. And so I ran for precinct committeeman and a a precinct is a square mile. And then in a district, there's 15 precincts. So I ended up being the uh, district chair for all 15 precincts. And then, um, we didn't like we didn't like the legislators that were in our district and so i rounded up a couple of my friends and we all ran for the state legislature against <laughs> against the legislators that were in our district so anyway so i got involved and it, it started very small and i wanted to show you how you can get involved at least to start voting and then i can also show you if you want to get more involved in the actual uh boots-on-the-ground kind of activity, you can do that, too. So um, I need to get my water back there. It's on by my table there, Margie. Okay, let me get get the website up. This sheet right here is kind of just the attention getter. We're going to be um, mostly looking at two websites, VoteTexas.gov. Thank you. And... And the Texas Secretary of State website. And so those are the two that we're going to be looking at. And uh, we will, what we're going to do is go through a sequence of how you can learn the bare bones of what to do for voting. And it is very easy to get lost in the... Uh, swirling vortex of sequences (laughs) on these websites. So we're just going to go strictly by this right here. But if you're curious, you can go on there and just click on everything and learn some amazing things. Okay, so first thing is votetexas.gov. And make sure that's a uh, .gov because I've done uh, .com and it doesn't. There we go, votetexas.gov. Okay, so we'll just go through briefly. I don't know if you can all see this pretty well. Um, It starts out with this banner up here, and this is just kind of blurbs of what they think is important. Um, And you can click on there and go there. You can click on these boxes and go there. You can click on anything. Everything is clickable on this page, but we're just going to click a few things. Okay, so on the banner, all you have to do is hover your pointer over it, and it will stop, and you can read it. And this is what we are going to be looking at. Monday, October 4, 2021, is the last day to register to vote for the November 2, 2021 uniform election. Okay, so we're going to get you all registered so you can do that. So the next thing we'll go to is what I call the option blocks here. They light up. They all have different subjects. We'll go to register to vote, see if... You are registered. So, here down under register to vote is Am I registered? Oh dear, I'm not connected. How did that happen? Uh, let's see here. What am I in airplane mode? Wi Fi. Okay, there I am. It looks, let me turn off the airplane mode. There we go. That'll help. help. All right. Okay. There we are. All right. So you go to this page and you log in. You can go to the login and see if you're actually registered. So you click down on the uh, selection criteria. And I think the easiest one to to type in is your name, county, and date of birth, unless you don't know what county you live in. but um, So that one, I will click on that to see if I'm registered. Mine automatically goes my name in there. And you have to check, sometimes it'll give you the wrong year for when you were born. Okay, so I will submit it. Am I registered? Let's see. Oh, I didn't put my county in. See, I just told you to do it and didn't do it myself. Okay, I live in Hood County. I live in Cranberry. So I will click that in and submit. Okay, here's my name over on the left. And this happens to be the wrong address. I didn't realize until I was going through this with Joseph that I had not changed my address. So we'll just go through this so you can see if you have the wrong address in there too, exactly what to do. So, you click on change. And uh, let's see, well, maybe we won't do it. It, it might take too long. So, yeah, it shows the precinct, right? at, the yes, it does. Um, okay, so if this is all correct, if this information is correct, you don't need to click on change your address. But you can go over here and see what is up in the upcoming election. And this will tell you if you have the correct, see, I'm in precinct 10, or I previously was. It will tell you all the places that you can go to vote in your precinct right here. Yeah. And so you can find the one that's closest. Then, let's see. um, Oh, that one just tells me I I don't have a place to vote because I don't have the right place in there. Okay. So that's. How to find out if you're if you're registered, and if you need to if you need to register, then um, let me go back here. Ah, sorry. Right, so, okay, so another another one that I'd like you to look at here on these information blocks is resources, and on this one, if you go to other links of interest, it will give you the, uh, the information about your party, the Republican, D- Democrat, Libertarian, and Green Party, so you can find out if you want to connect with them by going to resources. We'll come to a sample ballot. There is a sample ballot on here that you can look at. Okay, so now the next one we're going to go to is frequently asked questions. There's a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of answers that we're not going through. But if you are curious about that, you can go to frequently asked questions and click on any of those. Then at the very bottom, there is a link for candidates. And this will take you to the Secretary of State website. And then you can click on current election information, which is what we need to know. And the, the election that we are in, are looking toward, is the 2021, November 2nd. So we'll go down here and click on sample ballot. I'm not sure if, the, is this the only thing that's on the election? Yeah, it's just Okay, okay, so you There's can... A There's a Tarrant County election on the other side.
2: Oh, wow, see, so, and this is what the sample ballot will help you see, because a lot of times you may not know what's on it, coming up on your ballot. And so if you can find your sample ballot, now, like, Tarrant County will have a, a website where you can go look at your sample ballot also. That
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, each county, Well, I haven't gone to the separate counties because I don't... I don't know what all counties you guys are from. I know Tarrant a lot, but you can go to just your county website and get a lot more information. Okay, so, well, here's the sample ballot, and it gives you, um, in English and Spanish, what what you're voting on. The Constitutional Amendment to Prohibit the State or a Political Subdivision of the State from Prohibiting or Limiting Religious Services of Religious Organizations. Gee, I wonder how that one came about. Remember when COVID happened,
2: and they were trying to decide what's mission essential and what isn't mission essential, and they decided, the government decided that churches weren't essential, so you couldn't meet? So Governor Abbott said, no, this is ridiculous. Churches should be essential, so he made that. Uh, they they were able to get that through the, the House and the Senate, but they got to ratify it on the Constitution. And that's why I'm saying number three is the big one on this. They're all big and important, but um, this is we'll the one that is bigger. to read the expansion. Yeah. Well, sure.
3: well, well, tell us. What, what is there know? a bigger one than this that you can find? Yes. Yeah, oh. Uh, well, the place I usually go is the Women uh, Texas Women League of Voters. Mm. Or, That's great, yeah. So, you might want to write that if you have a pencil. Won't you say Women's League of. Texas Women's League of Voters. Texas Women's League of Voters. One of the few unbiased sites. Okay. Okay, okay. Jim? doesn't mean that individual members are not biased, but just the information they get is unbiased. Did you have something, Jim?
2: you all know of any improvements that we can see in this November election that would have to do with uh, voter integrity and election integrity? Yeah, a, is, I did no, no, see No, 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 no. Oh. No, no, I'm not saying on the ballot that has to do with it, but I'm saying within the, the, the framework, within the, the process of voting, let's say, four parents all the controversy, has Tarrant County taken any measures on their
3: own to improve the process of voting? You would have to go to the county website and type in their uh, search engine. Okay. And truthfully, this is the first political involvement I've had in, in Texas, I, I I just avoided it. I got over overwhelmed with it. I was involved in too much in Idaho. So I haven't done anything. This is the first thing, so I don't know. Okay, another thing that we another couple of things we can look at on the sidebar here. You can always go to your current election and you can also go to officials and office holders. And if you scroll down here to your state and district elected officials, you can find out who represents you. And you just type in your name. I'll put my name in here. Or my address, and then my county. Okay, so, and these are my representatives for for Hood County. It will give you the uh, the national the U.S. uh, representatives, which is August Pluger, and I know where his office is. This is very good for you to find out who your representatives are and to find out where their local offices are. So if you have questions, you can go in there and get information from them. And then these are the Texas senator and representative and your school district and then your U.S. Senate. So you can find out. And if you click on their names... Then it'll take you to their website. Well, this one doesn't take you directly, but you'll find the num, uh, the alphabetical listing of them, and then I can go to well. Anyway, I clicked on him earlier, and it goes directly to my representative. That way, if you um if you go to youtube or something and you see these people talking you can listen to their presentations in the house or in the senate and you can find out you know right from the horse's mouth what they stand for it's good information to have okay then the next the next thing on the sidebar that i thought was very interesting to look at and this is for if you want to really get involved in and election itself. And that is training and educational resources. And I was, at one time, I was a election inspector. I don't even remember what all we did. I just remembered we were there all night. (laughs) And we picked up, we picked up all of the bags of, of, uh, ballots and took them somewhere. It was a long time ago, but you can do something like that. You can be a volunteer deputy registrar. Now, one gal in our church is that where she goes and registers people. Yeah. And, um, I, I don't know if she does this, but they go a lot of times they will go to rest homes where people can't get out and they will register people there so they can, so they can uh, vote. Or you could be a poll watcher, that's just exactly what it says. You just watch the door and make sure things are going right. And then an election inspector, which both of these have their guidebooks, their handbooks. So if you can read them and find out what their responsibilities are and what, if you'd like to be involved in that. Okay, and then um, they also have, I thought was interesting, they have something for kids. You might have grandkids who, Um, who you want to start educating early. And um, the schools can get involved in this in mock elections. And then they also have things that you can print out and little fun projects where you can introduce them to politics. And then I've also got this one one man that I know from Idaho who has written a series of books that I, I would imagine they are um, maybe nine to twelve year olds starting uh, to teach kids about it. It's called the Tuttle Twins. And I don't know if I can get this on here. I don't know if the sound is on or not, but they have an advertise, they have an advertisement for it I thought was really cute so And if you wanted to get these books, um, they would be fun to read to your grandkids. Tuttle Twins commercial. Hey. Let me start back here at the beginning to hear what they say.
4: how the economy works, or what our rights are, or the definition of two laws. Ah, for you year or more, schools often talk the, to the principles of a free society, but not anymore. That's why our parents have us read The Total the Twins. Twins. <laughs> These books teach children about economic and civic truths that we need to learn. Like them in the world. Each book covers a different topic, helping us learn how the world really works. For example, these books teach kids things like how the free market is the key to prosperity, the history of the money we use, what our rights are, how kids can be a they want to be in their own process, these books help. Kids like us absolutely love these books, maybe because they don't treat us like little children. Instead, they help us learn important ideas and skills. Kids are missing out on learning these things, especially in a way that's fun and enjoyable for the whole family. And even better, when you buy this set, you also get the awesome activity workbooks for free! Now, listen, there are a lot of crazy ideas out there, and you need to prepare your kids. Yeah, if you want to raise a free thinker, you're gonna need something that teaches about freedom. So, so purchase, purchase your, your books, books now. now! But be careful. Your kids will learn ideas that many adults don't even understand. It makes for some really interesting dinner conversations.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Those kids are cute, but I bet yours are cuter. And imagine they I'm still enjoying the books. So what are you waiting for? Click the link and grab your set.
3: Can be fun, and I learned some that other that second link down there, the miraculous pencil. It's it's part of that, and it it uh, really tells how we are all dependent on each other for everything that's produced in our prosperous country. It's really interesting. Okay, so I'll just open it up for questions. I don't know that I know the answers, but if you have some that you want to ask somebody else who knows.
2: (laughs) So if. is a place where we can find out if we're registered so if i put in a relative that's already gone to heaven and they're still registered to vote then what Uh do i do (laughs) Mm. Uh I
3: (laughs) i don't know um just call up oh by the way i one very important thing is that when if you do need to register and you fill out that registration form you click on submit and it will make a format that you can print. But because we're so close to the election, you have to take it into your registrar's office on Monday. Because that's the last day that you'll be registered 30 days ahead of the election. So. I
2: think the website says hours.
3: Sorry? Right, I would do that today. If he, you know, at least get on those two places that um, where you can find out if you're registered, and if you're not registered, print it out and go there Monday. You can mess around on the rest of the links <laughs> later. <laughs> okay well thank you very much for your attention and I hope this was helpful